transformational thing, such an important thing, that, that um, I, I, I'm concerned that there's going to be some distraction that comes over you. So uh, if you don't have one, I want to do whatever I can to help keep you focused during this time because it's an important piece. So just raise your hand. Jeremy will bring you one if you don't have one. Um, and there's something on there that you're going to need, right? Okay, raise them up real high. There's nothing, no embarrassment. You, were, you had coffee. You got that. Yeah, we're going to make sure you have one of these. Okay. Um, before we let the kids, I, look, uh, we have known each other, most of us, for, for quite some time. There's just something I need to get off my chest. So I'm just, I'm just going to come out and I'm just going to say it. I think, I think I love you. Okay, there it is. There it is. Yeah, um, well, I hope it doesn't get real awkward between us now and we can't think of things to say to one. I think I'm going to have no problem thinking of things to say, right? Um, one thing that uh, is very important, that today is Memorial Day. Today is Memorial Day. So um, if you have a family member, a friend, a loved one uh, who has died in service to our country, uh, I want to invite you up. We just want to say a prayer. We want to pray for you. We want to honor them. Um, if anybody, anybody wants to do that other than me, come on up. Come on up. Okay, uh, let's just pray, because uh, we, we, we all, uh, Lord, we have people in our lives, even if we don't know they're in our lives, who embody what you said, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down their life for their friend. Lord, we worship this morning freely. Nobody, nobody took their lives into their hands um, showing up here. But that's not true everywhere. And that's in large part because of your grace through these people. And so we thank you. And Lord, for all those who mourn um, because of their sacrifice, we ask your comfort. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We honor these people because they're a reflection of what you did for us on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you. Everybody got, you got your papers, you got all your stuff. Trust me. Trust me. I want to do this. Okay. I am so glad that you're here. Uh, time for Children's Church. You thought, you thought you were going to have to sit through the message. You don't. You don't. Although it's going to be pretty fun, I'm telling you. All right, goodbye. See you later. Charlie, I'm putting you in charge, okay? Got it? Okay. God bless you, sweetie. I don't know how that's going to work out, Mom, but... Yeah, oh, I know. So glad you're here for Set Free. Now, I'm going to talk loud so the parents upstairs dropping their kiddos off can hear me. We are so excited with what God is doing through this series that we started on Easter. He's setting us more and more and more free. So we don't want it to stop. We are going to have the summer of freedom. We're just going to keep it going. And, and, and God has just laid on our hearts lots of stuff that he wants to set us free from. And I want to show you what's on the menu. 
set free from appetites and addictions, lust and pornography, uncontrollable anger. That's Father's Day. Huh? Bring your dad. That one's going to be great. And there'll be bacon. Bacon, yeah. Would I, would I joke about something that, that important? Set free from being so defensive or destructive thoughts, fear of loss, fear of death. Next week, the next week after that, materialism and envy, guilt and shame, FOMO. You know what that is? Fear of missing out, right? People pleasing, set free from that. Set free, and then we're going to cap it off. The last three weeks of the Set Free series, we're going to do our Deliver Us from Evil emphasis. So really powerful stuff. Number one, first week, set free from oppression by evil spirits. Number two, set free from idols. Number three, set free from the accuser. So there is so much blessing. Look, if you hang with us, if you stay with us every Sunday, when you can't be here, if you're on the podcast, 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 sorry, excuse my gum. Um, all right, calm down. This is church, okay? If you hang with us, if you do what we talk about, if you continually press into God and do this week by week by week, you are going to be in Christ by August, by the end of so ridiculously set free, you are going to be in Christ unstoppable. Unstoppable. Look, that time is going to pass anyway. The question is, who and what are you going to be when it gets here? And you and I can be ridiculously, radically set free. So, so I'm excited. I'm excited. Last week, we talked about being set free from sin. Now, that is being set free in the present, right, from all the things that hold us down, hold us back. And that is so important. And, and the Apostle Paul said this. He, he wrote this. Let us strip off. Let us strip. In this sense, um, we're all strippers, okay? Okay, I'm going to pay for that. Uh, I'm going to pay for that. Let's just, but you'll remember it, right? Let's strip off what? Every weight that slows us down. Now, sin is a big one, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, right? And let us run with endurance the race God has set before you. And, and that's what Adelisa was praying. He's got a race. He's got a plan. He's got a, he's got a course, right? That he's running with you and in you. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And we have a race to run. We have some, some weights that we have to strip off of us because they slow us down. And they trip us up. And we don't want that because the race is that important. That is ultimately why you're here. Not here in Bethany. Here on this earth. To know this. To do this. To know him. And to run with him. Right? The race that he set out. So we're going to talk today about another massive weight that you and I need to get rid of. Because it, it's, it, it paralyzes us. It paralyzes us. It trips us up. It slows us down. What is this? It's your past. It's your past. Right? Now I'm not talking about being set free from 
the time when you were young, when if you're my age, you were wearing platform shoes and bell-bottom jeans. And, right? We had the rotary dial phone. Anybody have one of those? Right? You had that long, squirrely cord in the kitchen, and you would drag it all the way around the corner into the coat closet so you can have some privacy when you're flirting with Cherie on the phone. Right? We're not talking... We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the late 70s when I was in high school where I may or may not have had a perm. We're not... It was cool then. It was cool. Uh, We're not talking about that, although I'm grateful to have been set free from that. One, two strikes on you. (laughs) We're not talking about that. We're talking about, if you had to write the story of your life, like the whole story, this is the part you're going to leave out, right? That's what we're talking about. So the question is not, do you have a past? You do. You do. So do I. The question is, does your past have you. That's the business that we're taking care of today. And why is it important? Because you can't reach God's future for you if you're burdened by your past. Period. End of story. You can't afford to keep your past alive because your, your past has hands. And it will reach for you. And it will grab you. And it will grasp you. Right? Your, your, your past has arms that will reach and hold you. And hold you back and hold you down. Your past has a voice. And you know what it sounds like. And it will whisper to you. And it will whisper to you. And it will compromise you and it will rob you of your faith and your joy and your confidence in the Lord and who he is in you. And your past has feet that will stalk you and follow you into every endeavor, into every relationship so that it might compromise you. You cannot afford to keep your past alive. You've got to declare your past dead. Have a funeral for your past today. today. You may be living in something right now that you know you need to make part of your past that goes away. And, and that's, this is a great time to do that too. Don't leave it on hospice. Don't leave it on life support. Don't just put it over here and try to manage it. Declare it dead. Okay, this is scriptural. Apostle Paul says this, for you, what? Died to this life. You have died to your past. And your real life, your eternal life, your ever-increasing life, your abundant life, your Christ life is hidden, protected in Christ, with Christ in God. That's the life. That real life is what what we have to live, but to do that, we have to die to our past. He goes on. Paul goes on. He says, 
I have been crucified with Christ. You want to know where my past is? It's there. It has died on the cross. He came to rob my past of its power to rob me of the life that he died to give me. That's what he did. It's all about my past. It's all about my future. It's all about what he's done. I have been crucified with Christ. My past is. It is no longer I who live, but Jesus Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, that's new life. I live by faith in Jesus, the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's free from the past. That's free. If you have trusted Jesus' cross and resurrection, you are dead to your past and alive to Jesus and the future that he has for you, that he has in you, and that he has with you. Okay? And nothing that came before now because of him can stop you from having that if you do not allow it to. You are going to learn the authority that you have over your past. And that is why the evil one wants to distract you. you got to hang with me today. Because this is so important for so many of us. The old you is past. It's what Jesus came to set you free from. If you have been born again in him, if you have received him as your Lord, as your Savior, you don't have a past. Your past is faithfulness. Your, your past is the gifted righteousness of Jesus Christ. He looks at you. He, God sees Jesus' record. That's part of the good news. He didn't just wipe your sin away. He credits to you, to your past, to your, your account, his righteousness. That's amazing. Here's, here, here's what the Apostle Paul wrote. He says, therefore, if anyone, anyone with any past is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Circle that on your worksheets. The old has passed away. Passed away. That's in polite company, right? That's what we say when we don't want to say, they died, they died. They kicked the bucket, they bought the farm, they ate their last Twinkies. We say, they passed away. Tommy, you're Aunt Edith. She passed away. Away, where'd she go? She's dead, she's dead, right? The old is dead. Behold, the new has come, the new is here. And by the way, if you have an Aunt Edith, my apologies, I, I was just an example. The new has come, it's in Christ, and you can't have the new if you're, if you're burdened by the old. He wants to set you free. Now, the Apostle Paul had a past. He had a past. It was worse than your past. I get, it was worse than most of our past all put together. The Apostle Paul would hunt down, persecute, and kill sometimes people for just believing in Jesus Christ, wrote, wrote a huge chunk of the, of the New Testament, right? He had a past, but he had a future. He had a future, but he had to let go of this past continually, every day. His words, not mine. Take a look. No, dear brothers, dear sisters, I have not achieved this. Look, I'm not there yet, he's saying. I don't have this completely dialed in, but I'm closer I'm closer than I was yesterday, but not as close as I'm going to be tomorrow, right? But I focus on this one thing. Here's the one thing. Read those three with me. Forgetting the, the past, the past. Forgetting the past. And looking forward, 
We only look forward to good things, right? Looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ, is calling us. You included. You included. I'm not going to let my past stop me from looking forward, from pressing on, from getting in the race, from running the race, from finishing the race, from winning the race. I am not going to let my past stop me and, and getting my prize, which is Christ, which you already have, but that's fully realized. I'm not going to let my past do that, he's saying. And I hope you will too. Because it's baggage that was never meant for you to carry. You got something to look forward to. You got something to look forward to. And it's glorious. But to look forward, you've got to let go of that. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look uh, at the rest of this time. Is what do we do about it? How do we go about this? We're going to take a look. And, and we're going to do these things. Because you can't, you can't move on if you have unfair, unfinished spiritual and relational business. Right? You can't do it. So we've got to take care of business. And then we're going to move on. So first, first thing we do, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what element of your past is holding you captive. Go ahead, do it. God, you show me right now. Please, Holy Spirit, what element in my past is, is holding me captive? Some of you already know some of you already know. Some of you need to work through this, right? We ask, Lord, show us, is it something that I have done? Is it, is it something that someone else has done to me? Is, is it something that I've done to myself? Or, or is it something tragic that just happened to me? Right? Those are four big categories, right? God will reveal to you an abuse, a fault, a hurt, a sin, yours or somebody else's, or something that happened that you need to leave behind. If he has not already, you, you, this, it is worth your time to stay on your knees and say, bring it to mind. Some of you know because you, you pick it up every day and, and you sling it on yourself. It is this thing that you would wipe out if you could. Four possibilities, as I said. Someone hurt you. You hurt someone else or lots of someone's. You've hurt yourself or some tragedy happened to you. We're going to work through each one. There's something you and I need to do with each one. Okay, so here it is. A, if somebody has hurt you, if this is the baggage of your past, some of you, like all of the above, right? We're going to work through one at a time, right? And, and God's processing with you one at a time. If someone has hurt you, that's the past for you, for some of you. I know this. I know this. As I pray for you, I know some of you have endured things that you can't even share. Someone has hurt you. You've got to forgive them. You've you, you, you got to forgive them. That's what, look, if that's your past, you've got to make forgiveness your present. This 
is not optional. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the chain of your past that is holding you captive. Jesus said, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. You're going to be bound in your own chains. We need forgiveness to unlock. Right? We need to do that. Lewis Meads, brilliant, brilliant. He wrote this. Biblical forgiveness is not excusing what happened. There's no excuse. It's not pretending it didn't happen or forgetting that it happened. It is pardoning, choosing not to punish. It is giving the person who hurt us to our Father and trusting Him for what is best. Some of us need to do that this morning. Somebody hurt you. Some people hurt you. There is no excuse. You are not approving it. You are just releasing your right for payback. What if you've hurt someone? Is that, that part of your past? For many of us, it is. It's us hurting others, right? Then we must seek their forgiveness and God's. That's what we need to do. Again, forgiveness is the key. Unlocks that door. Jesus said this. So if you're offering your gift at the altar, right? And, and there, at the, at the, in the church, you, you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you. Leave your gift there. And, and go, go to the altar. Go. Leave it. First be reconciled to your brother, your sister, and then you come and offer your gift. You don't have to get up and leave right now. Like some of you are really good at that. Like you get up like more times in the 30 minutes I'm talking than you will for a month of, of, at home. I don't know. If you're going to get an extra donut, here's the rule. I need one too. So if you go and give, come back, you bring me one. That's the rule. He's not saying you got to go. He's not saying. What he's saying is this. He's saying don't think that you can come to me and things are going to be right with you and God when things are wrong with somebody in your life. You got to take care of that. And then, that is all tied together. That is all tied together. All right? Don't think that things are right with God when they're wrong with your spouse. Don't think that things are right with God when things are wrong because of something you've done and your teammates or your friends. It's all together because he's all about relationship, okay? So we're going to seek their forgiveness in God's. Sorry about the donut thing. Forgive me. Now you have to. <laughs> okay. If you have hurt yourself, this is so many of us, isn't it? You've hurt yourself. Hey, hey, this thing that I got, this thing, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Yeah? What about the person that Jesus loved and gave his life for? That, that, that would be you. You break his heart when you hurt you. Maybe you hurt yourself. you you got to repent, which means do a U-turn. Agree with God. Disagree with your past. Put it away and ask God's forgiveness. He will re renew you, right? That's what we need to do. King David said this. He said, I acknowledge I came clean with my sin to you, God, and I did not cover my iniquity, my guilt. I didn't cover it over. I uncovered it. Cat-like reflexes. Don't know if you saw that. 
I did not cover my iniquity. I did not cover my guilt. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And what happened? What happened when he did that? When he came clean? He came clean. You come clean. He makes you clean. You forgave. Why would we stay away when that's the result? You forgave my sin, the iniquity of my sin. That's what you did. Some of us need to do that because we have hurt ourselves. That is an offense to the one who made you and loved you and bought you and has a plan for you, who knows the glory that he created you for, that you're trading for this, whatever this is. Okay? Option four, B. Maybe, and this is true for many of us, maybe we prayed about like uh, a loss when Memorial Day. Some, some of you have suffered loss, right? You've suffered tragedy. It just, it happened to you. If it's a tragedy that happened to you, you must release your resentment toward God, your bitterness. He knows you have it. And a lot of people do too because it comes out. You got to release your resentment toward God and trust Him. Some of you for the first time, some of you for the first time in a way too long time. That's what we need to do. Something bad happened to you, or something really good that was really important did not happen to you. And you blame God. And you've been holding this. And you've been holding this. And you decided on that day and and many days since that God is no longer trustworthy. So let me ask, since then, how's that working out for you? How's that working out? Not trusting him. It's not the life you want. It's not the life he wants for you. The wisest man in the world, save Jesus, uh, King Solomon, wrote this. Trust in the Lord. He's trustworthy. With all your heart, with all your being, trust him. Stand on that solid rock like we say, we sang. And do not lean on your own understanding, which means when it makes no sense, when you can't see a reason why, you still trust him. When it makes absolutely no sense, don't logic your way out of trusting God. Don't pragmatize your way out of... You trust Him even when it doesn't make sense. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all your ways. In all your, the, the elements of your life, in your family, at your work, in your play, in your, in your studies, in your recreation, in, in your whatever... You acknowledge him, you trust him, and he will make straight your path. Show me, show me the way. Show me, show me you. Show me the light, just my next step. Just show me. He will make your path straight. Look at me. You trust with all your heart in the Lord And he will take the very thing that you have been blaming him for and he will use it for your good. 
God's word says. And we know that for those who love God, who trust him, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And by the way, his purpose is so linked in with trusting him and believing him. He can take that very thing that you're blaming him for and use it for your good. Even if you don't see how. You're gonna, we're sitting in the cheap seats of our lives. In eternity, you're going to be able to look back and say, oh, oh, in the midst of that, if I had just looked at you, if I had just trusted you, I could have had such peace, such joy. It's okay, you got it now. I'm just saying, in the interim, this is not like losing your salvation. It's like losing part of the life in this life that he wants you to experience. Okay. Okay, so here's the thing. We still have a problem. We still have a big problem because we do all of this. Even if we do all of this, we, we can't seem to let go of this. We can't seem to... Um, to think of ourselves the way we're told that God thinks of us as people without a past? And why is that? Because there is always a voice that constantly is in your mind. Am I right? You want to see the soundtrack? You've heard it before. Here it is. It's always your fault. You are and will always be a failure. You are repulsive. You're no good. And if anyone really knew you, they wouldn't love you. God doesn't really love you because you are a disappointment to him. I don't have to ask for a show of hands. I don't have to search your eyes to know you have heard these exact words just like I have. Amen? I want everybody, look, look right here. Let me shed some light on this. When you talk about yourself, how do you refer to yourself? Do you not refer to yourself in the first person and say, I Yes, you do. All of these are in the second person. You. You. Which means it is not you saying it. It is somebody else saying it to you, about you. It is the enemy of your soul serving up your past. This is the one that the Bible calls the accuser of our brothers and sisters. What does that mean? What does that title mean? That means there is Satan. There is an evil presence. And his job and what he does is accuse God's people. Accuse the people who have surrendered to Jesus Christ, whose sins have been forgiven. He accuses them of the very things that God has wiped clean. Who's 
put as far as the east is from the west. Who remembers no more. He's going to accuse you of that which you have been washed clean of. Because if he cannot, and he cannot steal that from you and make you guilty, which he cannot, the next best thing is to make you feel as though you have never been completely forgiven. You are still to feel guilty. Because his cross and his blood, that was for other people. All that stuff about you are completely separate, that's for other No, this is who you are. That's the lie. That's the lie. He lies. So that you don't walk in the freedom of not having a past which is what Jesus bought with his blood for you. And it robs you. I don't mind. doesn't matter how much of a past, how dark of a past, how distant a past. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. You don't need it in him. You only have a future. So, we got one more thing we got to do. We're going to we're going to do that. Um, we have to take seriously the lies that Satan tells us. But we have to do more than just stop them. Let me tell you why. Jesus, we don't have time to go into it. But he told a story, right, of a person's heart being like a house. And, and if there's evil in there and you evict the evil and you just cleanse the house and everything's clean and it's unoccupied, it's coming back. And it's coming back worse. He says, you got to do more than eviction. you got to do more than stopping. That house has to be occupied with something stronger than what you kicked out. So that's why we have to do more than just stop the lies. We have to populate, put in our house, put in our mind, put in our hearts what God says is true of you. And we need to do that. We need to replace them with God's truth. That's the power. Walking in freedom requires that you believe deeply what God says is true of you in Christ. We sing the song some weeks, uh, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am, right? I am who you... So who precisely, who exactly does he say you are? Because you got to know it. you got to know it if you're going to stand on it, if you're going to own it, if you're going to believe in it, if you're going to live it, if you're going to think it, if you're going to follow in it, if you're going to speak it, if you're going to love in it. you got to know it. you got to know it as much as you know the accusations that have been hurled at you since the day you were born. you got to hear it more often and more strongly than the condemning, accusing voice of the enemy. you got to know it better than you know the lie. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. The lie tells you what you're not. Jesus tells you what you, who you are in him. So, um, I, I, I want to be straight with you. This is spiritual warfare of the highest order. Okay? This is, we are going to engage in 
in something that, that, uh, that Satan and his demons do not like, do not want you set free. They hate it. And it's dangerous because it's like kryptonite to them. Your power of Christ in you. What we're going to do, um, this is from uh, a compilation of Scripture. Uh, it's from a book called Bondage Breaker by Neil Anderson. Wonderful uh, author. Um, I highly recommend it. But it's all Scripture, right? It's all, now, this is one of the reasons you need your worksheet, right? Because on the back of that is all of this stuff. But it's going to be on the screen, probably easier for you to read up there. But it's, it's with you. It's, you have it. You can, you can take it home. What we're going to do, look at me. We're going to read through out loud every one of these. Read out loud. We're going to read these out loud together. Okay? Look, if you don't want to do this, that's your thing. That's your thing. There's nothing I can do about that. But here's the thing. If you do want to do this, and you are somehow unable to do it, if you are prevented from doing this, right, your eyes, your tongue, anything, I need to know about it. Because that's a red flag. Because this is powerful. Declaring who you are by the word of God. Bought by the blood of Christ. Okay. So what we're going to do is look at these we're only going to read the part in the quotations. Each one has a scripture reference. But you don't, need to, you don't need to read the scripture reference, okay? So here we are. It's important. We're going to do this together. Here we go. In Christ, I am accepted. I am God's child. We all together? Everybody able to say that? I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord and one with Him in spirit. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am complete. In Christ. In Christ, I am secure. I am free from condemnation. I am assured that all things work together for good. Hang with me. Keep doing it. I am free from any condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ. In God, I am confident the good work God has begun in me will be perfected. I am a citizen of heaven. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I can find grace and mercy in time of need. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Stay with me. In Christ. I am significant. I am the salt and light of the earth. I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am a personal witness of Christ. I am God's temple. 
I am a minister of reconciliation. I am God's co-worker. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You got tired of reading that? You got tired of... Do you get tired of hearing the lies? You got to invite into your house, into your heart, into your mind, the truth of God that he bought for you with his cross and his blood and his resurrection. And that truth has got to be more known and powerful and influential because it is than the lies about who you're not. So, so important. In fact, on your prayer calendar, you're going to see there's different scriptures, but the prayer for every day is what you just did out loud. Out loud. And if you find, you don't have to do it loud like I do, but it has to be spoken Demons don't read your mind. You're not speaking it only to yourself. You're putting it out there. Right? You're confessing it before God and you're putting, you're putting evil on notice. This is who I am in Christ. Not the boast. This is all in humility. It's all what he, he has done for you. And I'm going to ask you to commit. Say, eh, sometimes they do the daily thing. Sometimes they don't. Commit. Every day this week, you're going to take that. It's all written out for you. And I encourage you to read the whole passage, and that's why those references are there. But if you can't, you just proclaim this, right? Do it in your car, like not while it's moving, right? But where, just find a place where you can be alone, and you do this. You speak this in faith. My friend, you are going to begin to walk in more and more and more freedom. The things that you thought were destined to hold on to you, to stain you, to follow you, to haunt you, will begin to fall away. I promise, I promise, it's powerful, and everything will align to try to keep you from doing this. So I ask, will you commit? You don't have to tell me. Just answer yourself. Will you just commit? Because if you do, if you and I do, man, we're going to come back to change people. We'll move on to the next thing we're going to be set free from. We'll be so radically free, it's not even funny. People are going to be saying, look, I don't know what you got, but I, but I want some of that. I just want a scoop of that. You say it's not an it, it's a who. And you can have as much as you want. All right, we got to do one more thing before I send you home. Some of us, um, I need to add this. Your past, it's not something you need to forget. It's not. It's something you need to remember. Why is that? 
because your past was more faithful to Jesus Christ than your present is. And, and you know it. You know it. You knew his love and you loved him and enjoyed him more in your past than you do now. And you know it. And he has just told you, my love, that's you. You left your first love. And, and Jesus says this. He says, remember, you got to remember what it was like. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, your love has fallen. Repent, do the U-turn. And do the works you did at first. Do the stuff you and I did together. Think the thoughts. Spend the time. Have the conversation. Praise my name. Walk with me. Listen to me. Enjoy me. Let me love you. Don't have so many parts of your life that, that don't have anything to do with me anymore. Because if not, I'm going to come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. This is not losing your salvation. Don't, get, don't, don't, don't read this wrong. You're his, you're always his. What it means is, I can't use you anymore. I won't be asking people to look at you to find out what I'm like. Because I'm not like that, but, but I want that. So that's what, if this is you, this is what we need to do. You need to remember, you need to repent, and you need to repeat. You gotta remember, you're going to do the youth turn, you're going to repeat the patterns that you had when you were faithful, right? That's what we're going to do. Knowing that there's mercy and grace at every step. There is. And for some of you, that path forward means you're going to have to change your environment. You can't be doing what you're doing, where you're doing it, with whom you're doing it. Or you'll always be doing it. When you were faithful, it was different. Make it different again. He's calling you home because he wants you. There is great hope. That failure, that sin, that hurt, that tragedy, that awfulness does not define you. Jesus Christ defines you if you are in him. If you belong to Jesus Christ, everything we read out loud applies to you. If you don't, none of it does. But all of it can. So you got to make sure that you're sure that you're sure that you belong to him. And we can help you with that. But if you are, know that none of your past defines you. Jesus Christ defines you. And here's what he says. Behold, I am making all things new. And that includes you. That's good news. Let's pray. God, you are God over our past. You are God over our present. You are God over the future. And we come humbly before you saying, Lord, set us free from our past. Lord, some of us, um, our past is something that was done to us by another person. Lord, right now in your power, let us forgive. 
Lord, our past for some of us is us hurting other people with our words, with our actions, with our bodies, with all kinds of things. Lord, let us seek forgiveness for them even as we receive it from you. Lord, our past for some of us is us hurting ourselves. Maybe just so we could feel something. Maybe so we could have escape. Maybe because um, we don't have the love for us that you have for us. But whatever it is, Lord, we've hurt the person that you love and gave your life for. Forgive us, Lord. Let us repent. And for some of us, it's, it's something that happened. It's something that happened a long time ago or recently, and we decided you were not trustworthy. You are. And we repent of that, Lord. And we want to trust you again. We want to trust you with all our hearts. And Lord, we ask that you not only silence the lies of the enemy, but that you populate our hearts and our minds and have us cooperate with so that your truth is spoken and agreed with in our bodies, in our minds, in our mouths, in the heavenlies. Because your word has power because it is truth. And Lord, give us the strength to do that. And for those of us, for those of us who need to remember our past because our past is more faithful than our present. We want to remember what it was like. We want to do a U-turn and we want to return to there. We want to return to you. Lord, you are so, so good. And you've given us something to do. Let's do it. In Jesus' name. We need prayer. Tyler is up there. We got somebody in this corner, this corner. Edward, Kim, would you be in that corner? I'm going to be over here. Get some help. We all need it. We all got a past. Just don't let your past have you because Jesus does. I love you.